Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Well, welcome back to the weekly podcast with Pastor Stephen, The Unchangeable Truth. And this week we are looking at Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 15. And the title, um, and I really like the title, it's a catchy title. It kind of says a lot about what we're talking about, benefits of being in the family of God. Um, so again, Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 15, and the title of this week's sermon, Pastor Stephen, is Benefits of Being in the Family of God. So let me go ahead and just set up this week and kind of tell you uh, uh, how I'm going to work this with you if you're okay with it, Pastor Stephen. So you have four points in your sermon, um, and the last point talks about we can have assurance of our salvation. Like we can be sure of that. And I've got a question from someone uh, in another city that listens, and I just want to be able to answer that question um, and have you discuss that. So if we could, um, I would like to hit the first three points kind of kind of quickly, and I just kind of want to land, if you're okay with it, landing on that, that last part of we can have assurance. So your first point in... Uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 15, benefits of being in the family of God is we have the Almighty's leadership. So what you got on that, the Almighty's leadership? <laughs> what you got on that? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I would say this. One of the things or are, are, are one of the birthrights of somebody who has a relationship with Jesus Christ is the, the leadership and the direction of God through the Holy Spirit. That those that are not uh, in Christ, those, as we would say, who are not Christians, uh, the Holy Spirit does not reside inside of them. And so as a result, they they don't receive this uh, direction, this leadership, uh, this guidance from the uh, the Holy Spirit of God. And so um, the Almighty's leadership is, uh, man, you know, he, he, he leads me here. He leads me there. I mean, he, you know, he's a gentleman. He doesn't force you to go. Uh, right. but 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 he leads you uh, he directs you he gives uh one one of the i think one of the comments that i made to be honest with you i, I speak so much sometimes i don't always remember what i said where i said it um but uh i believe one of the comments that i made in the sermon is um that uh we we have the opportunity to hear his voice but his voice will never lead us to do anything that is contrary Right. to what the Bible says. So that leadership is, and I think everybody would agree, you read the Bible before you have a relationship with Christ and you're like, yeah, boy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden you, you you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life. It's like, it's like before Jesus, you were trying to read in the dark. Right. And then all of a sudden right. the Holy Spirit's like, let's turn the light on. And uh, you're like, oh, wow, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, Okay, I, it's illuminated now. Yeah, that's what the Holy Spirit does. So that guidance happens kind of, uh, you know, a, a different different ways uh, as we study His Word, leadership, direction in our own life. Uh, you know, there there are times uh, where we sense the leadership of the Spirit of God. Um, go this way, do this, say this, pray for so and so, share your faith. 
all those different kinds of things. And so that's one of the great benefits, um, the the leadership of God, that, that a believer has that a non-believer does not have. I would say the first, my, my myself, I would say that the first leadership or first direction that a non-believer has in their life is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God mm, yeah. saying, come to Jesus, yeah. come to Jesus. But then once we come to Christ, that it, it opens up into this vast ocean of leadership and direction. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, well, and you use the example of sheep, and you know, you you ask this question um, kind of off the illustration of the sheep that you gave is like, when God speaks, do you recognize His voice? And uh, you know, I think that's a great reflecting moment as people in the audience to to sit back and go, all right, if am I am I truly recognizing God's voice when He speaks? Is God leading you? And um, you know, I just, I just think the, uh, again, I just think it's kind of a, a great reflecting moment to sit back and go, okay, uh, let me, let me examine my own life. Let me examine my own heart for a moment. Like it's, is do I recognize God's voice when he speaks? Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if that's never been the case, or if you've never felt, uh, the, the correcting power of the Holy spirit in your life, or even a more simple way to say it is, uh, you're able to live your life any way you want to, and there's yeah. no direction, guidance, leadership, conviction, mm-hmm. correction of the Holy Spirit, then yeah. that is a great indication the Holy Spirit may not be indwelling you. He may not be inside of you, a.k.a. you're not saved. Wow. And so uh, that is a beautiful, beautiful benefit, but also, I even said proof. Yeah. These benefits are proofs. Yeah, for sure. That you are a part of the family of God. I, you know, put this in... in uh, in everyday context, it'd be like uh, somebody showing up at my house and they want to get into my garage. Well, uh, one of the proofs that you're a part of my family is you know the code. Uh, you don't have the code. Guess what? You're yeah. not in the family. Right. Um, you know, uh, what, whatever the case may be, um, you know, that I, I, I'm busy. I have meetings and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, my family calls, then I'm going to. I do everything I can to give them yeah. access to me. Yeah. Uh, that's not the case with everyone else. I mean, that's just a benefit of being a part of my family. Right. Being a part of right. my family. I have, my, my, my daughter at college just reached out to me earlier and said, hey, I've got a friend. I've got a friend and uh, they'd like to interview you for a paper that they're doing on uh, church leadership. And I'm like, who is this friend? <laughs> Some guy. Who is this friend? Um, and okay, uh, sure, Give him my number. Uh, well, if if well, that's just not going to be a benefit that everybody has. Right. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Same way. Same way when it comes to uh, being a child of God, uh, we have we have great benefits and opportunities. And one is he gives leadership and direction. All right. And so point number two is adoption. Um, you know, he he claims us. Um, we are a child of the king and you even said like we can we can i think you even sang the song child of the king like we can be excited mm-hmm. for the fact that we are uh adopted children of the name above all names the king of kings jesus like he's adopted does not comes out of you know 815 what you said there but um we're adopted yeah, we're grafted into the family yeah. of God. I mean, if you want to look at Christ as the vine, we are the branches. Uh, we, we become a part of that 
entity uh, through the relationship with him and the uh, the fact that we are now a part of the family of God, that God no longer sees us as an enemy that we we once were. He now sees us uh, on the same playing level field as Christ, which is, I can't grasp. I can't yeah. understand. He's Jesus. I'm not. Never could be. And God's like, hey, don't worry about you being Jesus. Since he is Jesus, I now see you like I see him. Yeah. I'm like, that's a pretty good trade right there. <laughs> that's a pretty good trade. That is a pretty like, good that's, trade. Uh, yeah. And I, and I even wrote that when, when God, you know, sees us or when he viewed the way he views Jesus is the way he now views us. And I just, I mean, yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. It's a great uh, moment to, if we sit back and think about it, it's a great moment to have some, some personal worship, just thanking God for what he's doing and how he's worked in our life. Uh, it's a great thing. The next, the next point. So there's the almighty leadership. So benefits of being in a family of God, there's almighty's leadership. There's adoption and affection. And, uh, you know, so I'll let you talk about affection there because you kind of shifted in saying, like, we can now call him Abba. Like, we cry Abba Father. So, uh, affection. Yeah, uh, intimacy. Um, kind of same thing with, with, with an earthly family, with the heavenly family. Uh, we, uh, we now have a, uh, an access to him through adoption, intimacy. I, the, the great word that just really ties it all up there is the word Abba. Yeah. Father, daddy, daddy. Uh, the, the intimacy that we can come to him and refer to him as our dad and, or as our daddy. Uh, and this would have just been mind blowing to uh, those there at the Church of Rome, uh, any, any, any Jews that would have read this, compl- I mean, because you dare not speak God's name. Yeah. You know, when they were transcribing, uh, the scribes were transcribing or copying scripture whenever they would come to the name Yahweh, uh, they, would, they would set that quill or that pen down. They would pick up a brand new one. Mm. They would write the name Yahweh. They wow. would throw that one away. The reverence. Never that, yeah. to, ne- they would never use it to write another wow. letter because that's how much they revered God. And and again, now that reverence brings with it this, well, he's, uh, he's aloof. He's on the backside of the universe. Yes, he is God and he is he is majestic and he is grand and uh, I really can't I really can't know him. Yeah, and then and then uh, Paul comes along and says, "Yeah, yeah. Not only can you know him, you call him Daddy. Uh, you can cry out, Daddy, yeah. to him." And I love that. In fact, I think he even uses uh, whom we cry out, Abba. We cry out, Daddy. You think of the cry there when you, you, you when you when you're crying that out. It's yeah. like I've got you, you're you're it. You're the most important in my life, the only source of hope that I have, and I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere else. I mean, this is a this is a uh, a heart, a soul, uh, utter or, or cry. Uh, I'm coming to you, Dad. I hurt. You know, um, I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. Uh, I uh, I'm lonely. I mean, yeah. we we get name any of those, uh, yeah. and and we get to cry out to him, and he's there. And he's there. I love the fact that we don't have to, okay, listen, so you got to go down and you got to go find the priest somewhere and you go into the room where the priest is and then, you know, you you tell it to the priest and the priest will go to Yahweh. Well, I mean, no, no. He says you have the relationship. You have the intimacy. 
to be able to go with go to him well and and you said it like we have access like we have access to holy god and again like if if i just if i'm sitting back and i'm and i'm just reflecting on the the words of scripture and you know reflecting on these benefits of being in the family of god like um yeah i mean there there is and we're going to get to assurance in a second but there there is some assurance in the fact that um you know when god speaks we can recognize his voice there's assurance in the fact that i mean he the way he views jesus is the way he views us but then we can also have access and we can have this affection from our heavenly Father. I just, I mean, I just think it's a great reminder and one of the benefits of studying Scripture verse by verse. And it just talks about the goodness and the greatness of God, and and it just helps us in our daily walk. So, um, I, th- I think it's a laid out great. I think the the outline that you said that you've laid out is a it's a great outline for us to kind of reflect on. So, sweet. Just trying to say, good job, Pastor Stephen. Good job. Mm-hmm. So, um. Point number four, and and I'm going to be a little selfish because this is kind of where I wanted to stick on today is the fact that, um, again, one of the benefits of being in the family of God is we can have assurance of our salvation. And I have a, a couple of questions from uh, someone, Pastor Stephen. I want you to be able to, to walk through these. And I think, you know, if we were to survey the people listening, I think probably there's multiple people that deal with this sort of question. So, um, question number one, there's two questions in here. If you were saved, can you fall away and become unsaved? And if you were saved and deny God later, would he still want you? Um, and this person goes on to say that I know that people say once you were saved, you can't be unsaved, but I'm really not sure why. I've lived my life like I was saved for a little while, and then I just fell back into my old way of living. Another question is I feel like I've denied God in some ways. It's almost easier to think I've just denied him and he doesn't want me. And I know that blasphemy is an unforgivable sin. So another question, I guess is what do you do to truly commit blasphemy? So some heavy questions, lots of words there, um, but I, I, I'm just going to turn that over to you. Um, I know that uh, you and I have talked a lot about assurance of salvation over the eight years that I've been here. I know it's a big deal, so I'll just let you run with that, Pastor Stephen. Yeah, a great phrase. Um, the faith that fizzles before the finish was faulty from the first. Mm. Say say that one more time. <laughs> yeah, the faith that fizzles before the finish was faulty from the first. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know as as Baptist, uh, we folks are like, oh yeah, 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 you guys, <laughs> one saved, always saved. <laughs> so guys. what you what you're doing is you're giving license to people to. You know, you know they can they can say a prayer and they're baptized, and then they can go out and live any any way they want to. Um, well, well, no, that's that's not that's not the doctrine of assurance. Okay, that's not the perseverance of the saints. There, if I'm in Christ, I'm not going to go out and live any way I want to live. My my desire has changed. Again, we're not talking about perfection, but even when I sin, I'm under that 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 correcting power of the Holy Spirit of God that we talked about earlier that guides me and directs me. That is a, a benefit of being a part of the family of 
of God. So uh, can I lose my salvation? Well, you know, Scripture says, for it is by faith that you have been saved through grace, not of works that you've done, uh, lest anyone could boast. So I'm not saved based upon works. Therefore, I'm not, uh, I don't forfeit salvation based upon works. Uh, it is not Jesus plus anything. It is, uh, it is, it is Jesus and Jesus alone. So um, I like the phrase not um, uh, once saved, always saved. I like the phrase if saved, always saved. I use it pretty regular. And that means if I have come to know Christ as Savior and Lord, that is that is secure. I never have to. I don't have to worry about that again. It is not a license to go and and live and do whatever in the world I want to do. Uh, it is a sweet peace and assurance that comes in my heart. Uh, not about how tightly I can hold on to Him, but about how tightly that He can hold on to me. Hebrews chapter six. There's a passage of scripture and. Uh, again, I hold that Paul wrote Hebrews. People disagree with me, and, and that's okay. Not not that big of a deal. We know ultimately uh, God wrote it. He just used some human's fingers or hand to put it down. So uh, whether you hold it's a Pauline epistle or not, uh, there there's he's kind of there's an argument taking place here. You know, uh, and I believe one of the reasons I believe it's Paul is because Paul always it's almost like he's a defense attorney. In all, right, right. in all of his letters, he he thinks, okay, what what is it that they could be thinking in their mind? Where could they be going? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to present a defense uh, against probably where they are and what right. they're thinking and right. all that kind of stuff. And so he's doing a little bit of that in Hebrews chapter six, and and this gets taken out of context so often. But when he when he is saying this, his tongue is in his cheek. Right, right, right. But say Baptists don't take scripture out of context. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hebrews six verse four, he says, "For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift." What's the heavenly gift? Well, I'd say Jesus. Yeah, I'd say salvation. Yeah. I mean, okay. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have, ta- and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So he's sitting here and he's saying, <laughs> yeah. see, and see, there are folks that pull this out of context yeah, yeah. and they say, see, he says, if they fall away. Right, right. No, what he is saying is, if you could fall away, right. if you could be saved and lose your salvation, then basically you're like, all right, we got to drag Jesus back out and right. nail him up there on that cross again because he's got to die. And, 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 and the gospel, you're making a shame yeah. of the gospel. Yeah. Mm. Um, and pr- pretty strong words. And so, and so to answer the question, no, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. It's not, okay, I'm in Jesus, so now I better live, I, which I don't know what that would be. At, at, at what point, since we know we can't hit perfection, right? then, okay, what is perfection minus a little is that what gets me in (laughs) is that what keeps me is it perfection minus this or that and so and so somebody that would come to me and i have folks and this is a great question i know i sometimes i come on pretty strong and it's just the passion 
uh, in my desire to try to help people. To be yeah, honest well, with and you. and I've talked to you about this before because we've had people wrestle with this, and you don't want people to struggle through this. Like you want people to have this assurance. Yeah. You want them to understand and have this understand that there is this peace that passes all understanding and sure. this grace upon grace that God gives us. So sure, no, I well, agree with that. And 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 if I were if I were speaking to to that individual. Uh, in, in in a meeting or a counseling or whatever, I would ask this question. So tell me, what is it that makes you think that you are or have ever been in Christ? Yeah. Share that with me. What What is it? And if they would say, well, you know, because when I was younger, you know, I uh, um, I prayed a prayer and I was baptized and, you know, good things, great things. We don't put our faith in a prayer, right? Prayer is merely merely that confession of what is already yeah. taking place in our own heart. Right. Uh, nothing wrong with a sinner's prayer. I confess right. Christ as Savior through a sinner's prayer, but I've yet to know of anyone that a sinner's prayer is going to get him into heaven. Right. It's, 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 again, what is already taking place in the heart and the mind, and that is merely that outward a byproduct of the faith that is taking place there. So I would say, so what, what is it that makes you think? And they would say, well, you know, uh, when, you know, when I was younger, I was, I was a Christian. And then all of a sudden I just started living my life any way I wanted to. And, you know, I, I, I lost that salvation. Well, I'm going to, I would sit there and talk about and say, well, okay, let's, let's talk about what was taking place when you were in a, uh, in that rebellion. Uh, Cause, cause I, I came to know Christ as my Lord and Savior um, as a, as a child. I was nine, almost ten years of age, and there have been seasons of rebellion in my life. Uh, but every time I'm in that season of rebellion, the Holy Spirit is—I yeah. mean—is wearing me yeah. out, yeah. and He's consistently, you know, this is not who you are, and so it's a season. But even during that season. The Holy Spirit is active and he's moving and he's working in my life. And I come out of that season and just like, you know, you go back to the story of the um, the prodigal son. You know, like like he, he basically told his dad over in Luke, he told his dad, you're as good as dead. Give me, give me, give me what I'm going to get when you die. I'm out of here. I'm tired of being here under your house. Give me, because he says, give me my inheritance. That's what he's saying. It's just as though you're dead to me. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says he goes into the far off country. He squanders it on riotous living. We have no idea what that was. His brother comes along (laughs) later and his brother's like, he's spending on hookers and partying and maybe that's what the brother would have done, but scripture doesn't tell us that's what he did. Anyway, another sermon, another day. (laughs) Right, yeah. The um, and it says when he finally came to himself, you know, he's in the pig pen and he's like, I mean, I mean, like people who aren't even a part of my family who work for my dad have it better than this. Yeah, I'll just go back and say, Hey, will you hire me as one of your workmen? Mm. And um, because it's a lot better at dad's house, right? The product, I mean, you know, I, I hate that that it's misnamed. It shouldn't be the pro, uh, the parable of the prodigal son. It should be the parable of the loving father. Yeah. And so he goes back, and the dad's like, "What are you kidding me? You're yeah. my son. Yeah. You've never ceased to be my son. Right. Even when you said, give me all that's going to be mine, you're dead to me. Even when you went to riotous yeah. living in yeah. the far off, you are still my yeah. son. Hey, go get the ring, the ring that would have had the yeah. uh, crest, uh, the crest of the family, the insignia ring. Get the ring to show everybody wherever he goes. He's a part of this family. Go get a royal robe, man, and uh, let's kill the fatted calf. My boy's home. And then, you you know, you've got the other brother over here. You've never killed a fatted calf for me. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. 
the relationship wasn't severed. Yeah. He was still the son. Now, I would submit to you, if he never came to himself, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. How did that come to itself happen? Well, to me, you look at the salvation picture, that Holy Spirit, what are you doing here in this big yeah. pen? And you, you know whose son you are. Yeah. This is not who you are. So, another question or another statement that uh, that I'd like to bring up, and 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 this is going this is going to go a little bit further. Okay, okay. Uh, our producer and I were talking about this earlier when we were editing a sermon for TV. People come to me and they say to me many times, the devil is causing me to doubt my salvation. Mm. Satan is causing me to doubt my salvation. Now, I just want to ask this question. Why would Satan want you to doubt your salvation? Wouldn't Satan want you to continue to live in in lostness? Wouldn't he want you to have the false hope that you indeed are right with Christ when you are not? Why in the world would Satan want you to doubt your salvation? I'm just saying that's a question that comes to my mind. Yeah. Um, if you truly don't have a relationship with Christ and these doubts are continuing to come and come and come, could it be that it is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God yeah. drawing you to repentance? Yeah. So I got to go back and I got to say, okay, why would I even think I'm in, I'm in Christ to begin with? Yeah. What, what, do I understand the basis of salvation? Um, and then it's a great question to sit there and say, hey, look, there was, there was no lasting change in my life. Uh, you know, it might have been there for a little while, uh, but, but, but then it was gone. Um, and, uh, you know, I returned to my own way of, of living. Uh, and so... Um, those are some interesting questions for for us to, so to have to answer. What what about the the blasphemy? Like there was that question about blasphemy. Like what, um, you know, what does it truly mean to have blasphemy against God? Yeah, uh, you know, blasphemy. Um, you know, kind kind of the uh, I guess I guess along the same lines, uh, the unpardonable sin. Um, you know, uh, what is it that you do to where you will not be forgiven, uh, of that? Uh, well, the Bible makes it very clear. There's only one sin that is, uh, unforgivable or unpardonable. And that is the very, uh, rejection of the Holy Spirit of God, the refusal, uh, to follow after, uh, after Christ. And so, um, you know, when it comes to blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, uh, folks will sit there and say, well, you know, I took God's name in vain, so I blasphemed the mm. Holy Spirit. No, no, that's not, that's not what that means. Or, um, you know, I spoke bad. I spoke bad about uh, Christ. Or what, I got no, angry at God. I got angry at God. I shook my fist at God. All, all those kinds of things. No, it is. It is. Uh, a refusal to submit to the salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So I have, I've continued to reject him. 
I've continued to say, no, I don't need your salvation. Um, I, I'm good. I'm good here. Uh, so that is that is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit of of God. Can a Christian commit blasphemy mm. against the Holy Spirit of God? Uh, he, they cannot. Right. Cannot do that. No that that is that is because if you're if you're a Christian you're in Christ right. then that means that you have uh, you have surrendered surrendered to Him. Yeah. Um, and when I and I think about it with you know the relationship with my wife like you know i i love her and i'm gonna continue to love her and my love for her over the past 25 years that we've been together has grown like it's um i'm not gonna deny that because i am truly in in love with her um i just i just think and maybe let me ask this question, Pastor. Like, do you think a lot of people struggle with this doubt concept about their salvation? Is that a is that a problem or an issue in in the church in today's culture? People struggling with doubt. Um, man, that's a hard question right yeah. there. I, I I would say, I would say a bigger thing is people not understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, people mm. not understanding the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what it means to be in Christ. Now, if you have a faulty understanding of the gospel, then everything else is going to be jacked up. Yeah, and so um, you get somebody who's like, well, "Hey, I checked off all the boxes." Yeah. And yet I'm still walking around here like I don't know. Am I in? Am I out? Right. I just don't know. I just don't know. Well, I mean, you may have checked out all checked off all the religious boxes, but we know it's not religion, it's a relationship. And over and over again in Scripture, we see clearly somebody who is in Christ, their life has been changed. Now, please hear me, though. does not mean perfection. We will never have perfection this side of heaven. But it does mean my desire is changed. I want to please Him. And when I sin, you know, I'm broken over that. I'm not broken over that because that means now I'm no longer a child of God no, I'm broken over that because that that's not evidence of a child of God. Right. I want right. to please him. I want to honor him. I want to obey him. I want to live a life that'll draw other people to him. And so when I sin, I'm like, oh man, man, I this, I hate this. Uh because Christ hates that sin, because sin brings about division. Um, we know eternal separation from those who've not had their sin covered. Yeah. yeah. Uh through the blood of Jesus Christ. So uh, I would say I would say anybody who's struggling with doubts, you know, just know this: you're not alone. Um, matter of fact, somebody who would say to me, "Well, I've I've never doubted my salvation," I would probably say, "I, I doubt that," um, <laughs> right, right. Uh, right. because because what happens is you start maturing in your faith and you start growing, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, wow, did this? Did I really?" But I go back to uh, what what is salvation? What would make you think that you were in Christ? And if, if you're there and you're able to see a consistent transforming work of the Holy Spirit of God in your life, then to me, that's evidence the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Now, uh, you know, there are some folks that come to know Christ and they're like, man, I used to smoke, you know, 10 doobies a day. And man, now I don't even smoke one. 
Um, you know, I've cut back to two packs of Marlboros. I don't even smoke the wacky anymore. And um, and they're like, what a transforming power. And listen, and listen, absolutely that can happen. I've had folks say, listen, I was an alcoholic, gave my life to Jesus. The very desire that I had for alcohol was removed from me at that moment. And I'm like, man, that is a miracle. Yeah. Praise be unto God. Doesn't happen that way for most. Doesn't happen that way for most. It is a process. It is a process. But what happens when I am digging into his word, I'm subjecting myself to his leadership through his word. Right. Uh, I am a man or a woman on, uh, on my knees in prayer. As I start growing in my faith in that whole sanctification thing, he's making me more and more like Jesus. I start getting it right more than I get it wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would just say this He wants you to have assurance of your salvation. For sure. You know, the whole book of First John. Yeah. Uh, I've, wrote, I've written these things so that you might know. And then, right. I mean, read First John, but ultimately sit there, Am I in Christ? And. I've had folks, Ryan, who will sit there and say, I just can't resolve. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, and I can't get peace. I may be in him. I may not be in him. Yeah. I don't know. Let's nail it down. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah. I'll say, let's go ahead and settle it once and for all right here and right now. Well, now, hang on. So if... So if I confess Christ as Lord and Savior right now, then what if I've already confessed him as Lord and Savior, professed him? And, and so these now are going to cancel out because God's going to be mad at me because <laughs> I had faith and I didn't think I did have faith. And I'm like, right. no, friend, listen, yeah. God's not in heaven saying, how can we make these people's life hell? Right, right, right. God's in heaven and he's saying, man, what is their biggest need? A Savior. Yeah. I've made a way through Christ. Mm. Trust him. And so I'll tell folks, all right, right here, right now. Let's just call upon the name of Jesus. Let's confess him as Savior. Yeah. Um, let's 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 uh, say, hey, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I'm going to show a heart of repentance. Um, and I'll always say, hey, is this your desire? Is this yours? Yeah. I mean, anybody can be a parrot, right? Right. 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 Is this you? Call on him. Tell him what's in your heart, and ask him for that peace. And. Um, yeah, and there are some folks that it, it's weird. It's hard for me because I've always been one of these people, hard and you know, hard and fast, can sit there and say I can take you exactly to where I was saved the day I got saved. I remember everything about the moment I was yeah, yeah. saved, and I would say, and if you can't, then you're not saved. Mm. Um, I was wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. We we have we have. Uh, go ahead and write this date down. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. I'm wrong all the time. It's just hard for me to say it sometimes. Uh, When we focus on salvation and the act of of redemption and sanctification and, we know, glorification and regen, we focus on that as being a a one-time in-the-past event. We do not understand the doctrine of salvation. Yes, the moment we trust Christ in Lord and Savior, we're we're now a part of the family of God. It's settled. It's done. It's secure. We never again have to say, "Man, I hope I'm saved," or "Oh man, I lost myself." No, it's based upon Jesus Christ. But it's not. I mean, it's kind of faulty when we say, "I've been saved," because because the 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 text reads, "I'm being saved." Right. Right. I'm work. being yeah. saved. Yeah, it's not I'm being saved, so 
So you're telling me that I am getting to where I'm going to go to heaven when I die? No, that's the entrance point. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah, you are now in the salvation game. You're in Jesus. Heaven will be your home. Boom. Now salvation is a process that is taking place. Yeah. Um, and so there are folks out there that cannot sit there and take you to the place, the time, the date. They don't have it written in the front of their Bibles. I always find it interesting. Folks are like, I wrote the date in the front of my Bible so I wouldn't forget it. And I'm like, well, I mean, isn't that kind of counter? Do they ever get you to sign their Bible uh, as a pastor? I have signed a few Bibles. Okay. I've signed a few Bibles. Okay. The, um, the, it's, 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 they know that they're in Christ. Yeah. You know right now you are in Jesus. Yeah. Well, and I think we ultimately, you know, if we were to peel back the layers of somebody asking if, you know, they're doubting their salvation, I think ultimately they know. Like they they know that possibly they're not and they're trying to justify. Why? But, I, but I've done the steps. And they're trying to justify it, and they're wrestling with that. Just they're wrestling with that whole thing, and it's just it takes a minute to to have that confession and, and let the pride go. Sure, and, yeah. And could it be that they've put faith in steps and not faith yeah. in a savior? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and good people, man, good people. But I cannot tell you uh, over thirty years of ministry the number of folks, and I'm talking, you know, well advanced in their years that would finally say, you know what? I've never yeah. had peace yeah. and security when it comes to my salvation. And yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I'm broken for you over yeah. that. Because, again, God says, hey, that's one of the birthrights of being my child. <laughs> right. right. Being my child. And, you know, for anybody listening who sits there and like, man, I struggle with doubts as well. Well, here, here's here's what I would encourage you. Go ahead and nail that down right now. Go ahead and draw a line in the sand. And it may be that you say, you know what? Exactly what happened spiritually in my life before this day right now, I'm not 100%. All I know is from this yeah. day forward, I belong to Christ. That's a great word. Yeah. Because um, he wants you to have that peace. Well, and you, you even say it. Like, you can settle that today. Like, you said that in your sermon. You're like, you're talking to the congregation. You're like, you can settle this today. And that's what I, and I've said it many times before. That's what I love about, you know, you being our pastors. You you always, always bring us to that point of uh, giving us a chance to, to ultimately give our life to Jesus. So, uh, well, thank you for addressing that, that, that issue on doubt. And um, I think a lot of people deal with that. And uh, so, if you're, again, if you're listening, no, 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 that you can get that settled today. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Hey, and Ryan, and we've got a sermon I preached a few years ago. I'd have to double check to see if it's still online because we had a Category 5 hurricane come through here, you know, a while back and it changed a lot of different things. But right. uh, if it's not, I, I, we may can find it and make it available online. But the title of the sermon that I preached is About with the Doubts. A bout with the Doubts. And, and and I spent an entire sermon addressing this very very subject. Well, again, thank you, Pastor Stephen, and uh, we'll get with our producer see if we can't find that sermon, get it up on the website sometime soon. It's um, probably beta. It's probably beta. in beta. <laughs> yeah, our intern doesn't even know what beta is. Yeah, so yeah. you know what VHS is? All right, beta was the precursor to VHS. <sighs> That's back when computers filled up a whole room of your house. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you, Pastor Stephen. And as always, we will see you next time. Thank you. 
Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow Him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.